Merry Christmas. Once again, my name is Jared Green. And I serve as one of the pastors at uh, Grace Covenant Church, and it's a privilege to be with you all as we celebrate the holidays. It's the best time, isn't it? Who here uh, hasn't put their tree up yet? Oh, man. Okay. You got time. Uh, I'm not going to ask who here hasn't bought their uh, presents for their loved ones yet because your loved ones might be in this room and they might be under the assumption that you already did and I don't want to get you in any trouble. So we'll bypass that. But the sermon series uh, continues today is the second and final part of the sermon series. (laughs) I'm going to make this two weeks as enjoyable as I can. Um, So it's Fix It Jesus. That is the sermon title. And uh, today's subtitle, after last week talking about how big Jesus is, it's bigger than just the baby. Your mindset of the baby in the manger, it's so much bigger than that. This is God Almighty, hypostatic union, fully God, fully man. It's incredible that God would do such a thing. Emmanuel, God with us, we celebrate this great gift that we now have salvation uh, in. But now the second part of that is not to throw out the baby. So the subtitle today is Don't Throw the Baby Out. Don't Throw the Baby Out. Now, the saying, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, is one of the strangest sayings I've ever heard in my life. And every time you say it, it makes sense, but it's weird. It paints a strange picture in your head about someone just, I'm not going to go any further than that, but it's just, it's strange. But it makes a lot of sense, and I thought it was applicable to what we were talking about today. And ultimately, we know what it means. Don't throw out the good as we are eliminating the bad. And so continue to find God or find what is good, which we know that only uh, the things of God are good. So find God, find good in the midst of circumstances. Some of you here are coming out of a circumstance. You were just in a situation, it wasn't a good one. It wasn't pretty, but you got out of it. Some of you all are in one right now. Can I get an amen? And you're trying to see, where is God? I need to get out of this, but I don't want to just get out. I want to see myself get through by the power of God. And so I'm trusting in him. Some of us are on our way into a situation. We don't know, but it might be meeting us tomorrow morning. And so we need to be prepared, not just to focus on the situations, but to focus on Jesus. And so I want to find God in the midst of what I'm going through. So we're going to do so by looking at the Christmas story through the lens of Joseph, who was an average Joe with a lot to lose, but he trusted God when his situation came about. And, uh, and Joseph was really, he was, he was a righteous man, as we know in Scripture, but he was probably put in the strangest predicament that I can think of in the Bible. And we'll get into that in a second. So uh, I just want to share this story. Uh, Two weeks ago, I have three daughters, all under four, okay? And so you know or you don't know. Actually, no, you do not know. (laughs) But, but, But every year... Um, because they're so small, everybody sends gifts because this is the time to send toys and send Disney dresses and send Barbies and send Barbie houses and Barbie cars and Barbie food and Barbie whatever. And so this is the time. And so every year uh, uh, around this time, this is when I start to clean up and we donate a lot of gifts so we can make room for what's coming because we know that there's a lot coming. Well, every time I try to do this, especially last year and this year, my children stop me from donating or trashing some of this stuff. 
And so they find the good in everything. I mean, if I find an old Disney dress that's raggedy, it's been, you know, they, they drag the dresses on the kitchen floor. They walk in the bathroom with them. They drink juice and spill juice on it. It's just messy. And I say, hey, I don't think this one, we, we're going to get a new one. No, 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 that's the one, Dad. I love that one. They find the good in it. Or, or, or um, there's this teddy bear that I got when I was a kid, and somehow they found it when we were at my parents' house, and they still won't let it go. He's got cotton coming out. Every time you run with him, cotton just goes out. And so they just grab him. No, Dad, don't throw this away. Don't, don't put it in storage. I love it. And then they've got, they've got dolls and toys that are missing limbs. And I'm like, you know this, this doll's not supposed to be here. No, 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 Dad. Don't look at the arms or the lack of an arm. Look at the face. This is a princess, princess, whatever her name is. And so they find the good in everything that I'm trying to throw away. I look at it and I see bad. But this reminds me that we need to have minds like children. Because they have the ability to look at something that's not perfect, something that has gone through some things, and say, this is still good. There's still good use. And thank God, God looks at us that way. And so whether it's broken crayons or a broken marriage or a child that's not acting right, God has a plan for every single person. He has something that he's ordained already, and he's going to do it. So when we ask, fix it, Jesus, remember what we do. We ask, fix me, Jesus, because I want to see with a heavenly lens. I don't want to see according to what I see with my eyes. Amen. And so the goal of today's sermon is to encourage and empower us all to find God in every situation that we find ourselves in moving forward so we can move forward. Amen? Let's go to the scripture, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. This is the story of the parents of Jesus. Verse 18 now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to, to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, 22, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until, the, until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, this story never gets old. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, our salvation, the greatest gift of all. You came into this earth with a beautiful, beautiful gift and a beautiful purpose and plan for us to align ourselves with so that we could be saved, sanctified, transformed, and given eternal life. We thank you, Jesus, for that. And we, we hope that today we'll be able to illuminate that, that reality and we grow closer to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So we're going to talk about three things, and I've coupled them as A's. And so number one is the arrangements. Say arrangements. Just so everybody's still awake. I just want to make sure. Okay, number two, audibles. Say audibles. 
And then number three, which is where we're gonna where we're gonna land the plane, the advancement, the advancement of God. Say advancement. Thought I forgot. Okay, so the arrangement. Let's let's zoom out and let's look at this story of Joseph and Mary, and let's try to humanize this story as much as possible. I don't know if you're like me, but when I read the Bible, I try to put myself in that situation so that I don't become holier than thou. I like to say, what would Jared do if Jared was Joseph? Okay, and what would Jared do being Joseph and Joanna, who I'm married to, is Mary, and Joanna comes to me and says, I'm pregnant, it's not yours because we've never been together, it's God's. (laughs) And so there's three questions that I would ask. Number one, what? (laughs) That's the first question. What, dot, dot, dot. The second question is, who is he where, he, where is he at? That's a compound question because there's a purpose in that question. Who is he so I can identify him? Where is he at? You got to say it like that so I can destroy him, okay? <laughs> it's a compound. Who is he? Where is he at? Okay? <laughs> And then the third question, which a lot of us, we try to not act like we ask this question, but I would ask this question. I'd say, why, God? So many times you get into a situation, we ask this question. Why, God? We're not supposed to question him, but we want to know because, number one, we're curious. Number two, we're hurting. And number three, we feel like there's no uh, explanation for this. And, And God of the Bible and God of all of his glory and splendor, he would never do this to me. So why? Why would I be in this predicament? Now, contrary to all three of my responses, Joseph passed the test. And I don't know exactly how he passed it, so I can't make him better than he is. But I can say this. There are some things that he responded. There, was, there were some ways in which he responded that show us that he was really an amazing man. The word even says that he was a righteous man. A righteous man, meaning that before, before Jesus had even come into the world, he had been identified as a man that stood upright. He was a good man, and he responded in such a way. So with the arrangement, let's talk about the engagement first. There was an engagement, meaning that there was a, a, a love uh, situation that, them to, that, that Joseph and Mary found themselves in. He loved her. She loved him. This was going to be a moment, and it was going to be special. We know that because of Joseph's actions. Joseph didn't just respond by acting according to the law, which was you could stone a woman for having, uh, for, for, for having relations before marriage, uh, a virgin that was to be uh, with child uh, during the courting or the, uh, the, the, the trial of engagement. That lady was as good as dead. And Joseph responds by saying, I'm not going to put her to death. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this quietly. And I know that he did that because he loved her. It's, it's, we can look at this and say, man, he should. I don't know what he would do. But remember, they were on the phone late at night. They had plans. They had dreams. They had the special emojis. They could have a whole conversation through text without real words, and they knew exactly what they were saying. They'd be in a room with all of, the, all of the folks in their community, and they could just look at each other, and they knew they had the secret, you know, that couple thing, that secret thing. Try to go back to when you first <laughs> fell in love. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's always saying that. And then you, she's like, I don't know what. He doesn't make any sense. No, go back to the beginning, <laughs> to the beginning. I didn't think there were going to be that many amens, but just try to remember. 
remember when there was that unity and that flow. It was beautiful. And so they had that. There was a special union, a special bond. And, and Joseph and Mary were setting up their life together. Think back. Or maybe some of you are in, the, in, in a dating scenario. Maybe it's complicated. Maybe, maybe you're currently in a relationship. Maybe you're married. Maybe you're looking for someone. Wherever you are on the scale, there's that goodness. There's that good feeling. God's going to do something in our marriage. God's going to do something in our relationship. I'm expecting something good to come out of this union. They had plans. And what couple doesn't have plans? And so there was a love that was there. And that love, his heart was broken because of this news. It, he had a shattered he had shattered hope and shattered dreams. Not to mention that there were expenses involved. And so what we call the bride price is on a whole nother level than what you and I understand in, in this Western civilization of buying your fiance a ring. In this time, you had to work years and years so that you could have the bride price fully paid and so you had to prove to her father and mother that you could provide for her you had to be able to set up uh, some sort of arrangement so that by the time you all are married you wouldn't want for many for many things you had to really prove to yourself that, that you were in this and you had skin in the game so it wasn't just flings. It was real love, but it was also a price that was paid, and that's what made the love so much more valuable. And during the engagement process, they would have a t typically they'd have a 10 to 12-month period. And this is where Joseph betrothed her, where he engaged her, where, where this, over this period she would stay at her parents' house, but she was waiting for Joseph, and there was going to be a time where they would come together, and they would live together, and they would consummate the marriage. During that time, is when the angel appeared to her. And she goes to Joseph and says, Joseph, I've got to tell you this story. I've got to tell you what God told me. And I know that that had to be the hardest conversation that they'd ever had. Because now we're trying to figure out, is it true? Can I trust you? If it is true, what does this mean? What does this look like? And from Joe's perspective, I'm not involved. Because I didn't help make the child. I didn't hear the original word from God. So you guys, God has been using you and doing all of these things while I've been just working and laboring and hoping that we're going to do something special in our relationship. He finds out this news and his hopes are shattered. He had made arrangements in their marriage. How many of us have made arrangements in our life? with an expectation that those things were going to come to pass, only to realize something changes. Raise your hand if you like change. Didn't think so. And so in the midst of our arrangements, in the midst of our plans, oftentimes we forget about God. And I'm not saying that they did, but I'm talking to us now. Sometimes we forget about God, and then if it works out, we thank God because he did it. If it doesn't work, we're angry at God because he didn't. But he was never in it in the first place. And so we can't be as believers, as sons and daughters of God. We can't be the type of people that make plans like Sundays and then sprinkle a little bit of Jesus on top of it. And so in this moment, we learn this. That God becomes bigger to us and in us when we have less control. The bigger he is, the more we trust you don't have to trust God if he's not big. 
You don't even think about God when he's not big. But the bigger he is. See, because when it's easier to surrender with nothing in your hand. It's easy to put your hands up when you don't have anything. It's hard for me to hold on to something and put my hands up at the same time. I'm going to have to let go. And when I let go, I'm surrendering. And the surrender is saying, I can't do it. I don't even like the way I plan. God, have your way. So God calls an audible on Joseph's life, on Joseph's plan. An audible is a change of play after a new call has been made. And often we see this in football. I figure we, you know, football's still going on, so let's just throw this in there. In football, you have quarterbacks who come up before the line, and I'm going to explain this as well as I can, okay? For those of you who don't watch football, I don't anymore either. But <laughs> the quarterback gets in the line, behind the line, and they have an original play. But sometimes the quarterback sees things that everybody else doesn't see. That's why he's the quarterback. That's why they pay him more. And so he sees the safety, this person, that person, they're doing something different than what we had planned for. I need to call an audible. He backs up. He says, change the play. Change the play. You see him do this all the time. He's audibling the play. And when he audibles, this is why it's called an audible, what the receivers and the other players hear allows them to change. I know that the word of God says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so when we listen... Like a receiver on the line, if I'm listening, I'm not just worried about my play. I'm not just worried about my route. Are we still with me? Football, it still makes sense? Okay. I'm not just worried about my job. I'm not just worried about my relationship. This is my receiver stance, by the way. It was way better back in the day. I'm not just worrying about all of these things that I'm thinking about, that my plan for myself. I'm standing in my stance because I want to have my position right for the Lord, but I'm also looking to Jesus as my quarterback because if he gives me the audible, then I know how to run my route or what changes I need to make. Often the very thing that seems to be altering our plans is what leads us to his altar. The very thing that seems to be alter, A-L-T-E-R, is what leads us to his A-L-T-A-R, the altar of God. And so many times, God, because we can't dream big enough, I believe Joseph and Mary were like, man, we're going to be the greatest couple ever. We're going to have vacations. We're going to love one another. You got your carpentry business. We're going to boom. We're going to do our thing. Maybe I'll put you, give you an IG account, an Instagram account, and then we'll get a bunch of followers. Everybody will get all their wood and everything they need from you. <laughs> That's what young couples do, right? I'm trying to bring this thing together, right? And so in the midst of that plan, God said, oh, I've got a much greater plan. I've got, you just got to trust me. If you trust me, I'm going to take that small plan that you have for your marriage and for you to flourish. I'm going to take that and make it kingdom-minded. And so when your plan, your, your flesh plan turns into a kingdom plan, it goes so much further than anything you could ever do. Things change after something that's been heard. So Joseph in the midst of the greatest struggle of his life, realizing these things. Here's, here's some facts that we need to keep in mind during this situation. Here's a fact. Joseph is of the lineage of David, meaning Joseph has royal blood. And in the midst of all of that, I believe everyone around knows who Joseph is because they know his father's Jacob. They know, they know the line. And Joseph's thinking, if he's like me, Everybody's going to know that I blew it. 
Remember we talked about all the stories growing up as kids about how the different folks in the lineage kind of went up and down and up and down and God was trying to bring them back and they weren't listening. And and now here we are. I'm a descendant of David. And now everybody's going to be saying, what what happened with that? Joseph, what? Who is, who's the girl and how'd that happen and, and whose baby is that? What, what does it look like? Joseph knew there was a perception that was going to be, that was going to happen in the city, in the community that wouldn't be favorable for him. That's one thing. Number two, what man wants to start off marriage with his wife saying, hey, I got news for you. Let's just be practical. Is that the way you want to start this thing off? It's hard enough trying to move in. Oh, there must not be that many married people in here. <laughs> okay. I can't wait. Um, and so Joseph is dealing with these things inwardly and trying to make sense of it, all while trying to honor God because he was a righteous man. God, how do I find you in the midst of this? And then there, after shattered normal, Joseph's normal is shattered and changed. After him remembering Deuteronomy 22, 22 through 24, that you were, you were to stone this woman. She's supposed to be publicly mur- murdered because of her sin. In the midst of all of that, and Joseph was contemplating, considering, thinking, God, what should I do? And there's one thing we learned from Joseph here. He didn't just act. He didn't just do something right away. He went and said, okay, let me figure this out. And that's when God intervened. The angel shows up. And the angel addresses him with two things. Number one, the angel doesn't say Joseph, son of Jacob. The angel says Joseph, son of David. God calls us by our, our calling and our greater purpose, not just by who we are, by our name. The angel knew that if I call you up according to the purposes of God, according to the lineage that you've already been told about, according to your fathers and your forefathers, then I know that I'll get your attention. And so I'm not going to just call you Jared. I'm not just going to call you Mary, Sally. I'm not just going to call you by your name. I'm going to call you by your purpose. How much more so should we know who we are in Jesus Christ? How much more so should we know the purpose that God has for us as much as he'll allow us to see? Second thing, the angel says, as the prophet said, as the prophet said. And so that reverts back to scripture, which is Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. A virgin will be with child and bear a son. His name will be Emmanuel. The angel knew that Joseph, growing up as a young Jewish boy, he he had to memorize these passages. And he was leaning and looking forward for a savior, for, for something supernatural to happen from heaven that would change society as we knew it, that would change the world, that would transform us and redeem the kingdom of God on earth. And so the angel spoke in that language. That's why we should read our Bible every day. Because when you know the word of God and you know who you are in God, when God speaks, you know who's speaking. And when he speaks, you're empowered by the, real, the reality of the kingdom, not the reality of where you are. And so when we're kingdom-minded, we can do anything. We know that we're directed by the, by the Father and not just doing our own thing. That being said, back to football, I remember, one one more time, I remember being in a game, and it's like, you know, there's levels, right? So, like, when you get to college, it's like when you first start audibles. The kids don't really know how to audible that well in high school. They might, but then you get to college. Then in the pros, you've got, like, 15 audibles. 
And you've got to really know the voice of the quarterback because there's so much noise. And you actually have to look at him and you need to know his ways because you need to know his mannerisms. Is he just, is he just, we had a quarterback one time that just kind of went like this. That looks like a sign. But if you know him, you know that that's not, the, that's not the signal. That's not the signal. Whoa, there it is. You see what I just did? There it is. You see that? There's a sign. We had to look for it, but we had to know his ways in order to be ready to receive what he was going to say. Okay, that's part one. Part two. There's always haters out here, okay? The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I remember I was in a game, and I was on the Dallas Cowboys. We were playing against the Dolphins, and we were getting ready to do the play, and the, co- the quarterback was about to call the audible, and the, uh, the, the defender on the other side started calling out one of our audibles. Rover, Rover, Rover. How do you know that? The defenses would study, I think they would send scouts to other games, and they would study our calls. They would learn our calls. How many times has the enemy tried to sound like God so that you could say, oh, wait, I can't tell. I can't tell. The enemy's saying I should go left. They're saying I should marry her. He's saying I should change jobs. Um, He's saying I should change this, change that. I can't tell. But wait a second. That doesn't look like God. That doesn't sound like God. I know God's ways. That doesn't line up with the theme of Scripture. I've never seen anybody run away from something in Scripture. I've seen God empower them to go through something in Scripture. So I'm not jumping from this marriage. I'm not jumping from this kid that's acting up. I'm not jumping from this job until I'm released from this job because I didn't hear God say it yet. I got the enemy saying all sorts of stuff. They're jumping around. Oh, we're coming for the blitz. I don't care what you're doing. I got a quarterback right here who's, who's, who's been in the game, who made the game. He is the game. And so I'm standing firm. I'm not jumping off sides. I'm not false starting. I'm not looking at the crowd. I don't care what's going on because I know my God. I know Jesus got me. And so he's going to give me the audible. We could talk football all day long. (laughs) Amen. Now, let's zoom out for a second because kind of in understanding the fix-it Jesus, this this whole theme of, of these sermons, we're trying to figure out how are we supposed to respond? What are we supposed to be thinking of? When God says go, when God says, you know, when, in, according to uh, his, per- his purposes and his plan, how do we fall in alignment with what he's saying? And then how do we understand as much as we can? We can't just look at scripture and say that's nice. We can't just read our daily b- bread and just go on with, about our day. Let's dig into the word of God. And so there's some reasons as to why God would choose an engaged virgin. Anybody ever thought about that? Why, why, why a virgin? Why was she engaged? Why is Joseph even in the story? Maybe you haven't thought about that, but I thought about it. So let's go in. So so number one, we always have to go to Scripture for the purposes fulfilling the promise uh, of what Isaiah and the prophets had spoken. So we have to start with the Scripture. And so first and foremost, God chose the virgin because he had had said it before uh, before their time through the prophet. Period. Now, to, to dumb it down, to go to the second thing. For the Holy Ghost, the womb of a virgin was sanctified by the Spirit and holy. It was a pure place. No other child, no other flesh had ever been there before. She had not been with a man. And so God needed a perfect place 
to allow the fullness of, of the, 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 the deity and the man, the hypostatic union, to dwell. Now, God could have done it any way, but he chose to do it this way. Jesus could have been in an egg in the desert, and that egg could have just cracked open, and he could have been 30 years old already, and he could have jumped on the scene and said, hey, everybody, I'm here. And it would have been all right. It would have been all right. Jesus could have ascend, uh, descended from heaven at 30 years old, full man, full God, said, hey, everybody, I'm the guy you guys have been looking for. He could have done it anyway, but he decided to do this because, number one, God uses the foolishness of the world to confound the wise, so you won't get it unless the Spirit allows you to. Then number two, he, he, he allowed Jesus to participate in the life that we live, which is a blessing. There's nothing, there's nothing around, you can't get around. Jesus can say, I was born just like you. I was tempted just like you. I ate just like you. I didn't have a lot just like you. Then I had a lot just like you. I, I've been able to live out this life so that you can look at me and say, that's the way I want to live. Then why an engaged version? Why not just a virgin? Engagement because Jesus might have fallen under reproach because of illegitimacy. So now he's growing up and, oh, where's his dad? Where's his dad? That could have been a reality, maybe. How about this one? His mother would have been punished and subjected to the judicial law had Joseph not been involved. So imagine there was no Joseph that heard from the angel that said, okay, hold on, let me, let me work, with, work this thing out. Let me, let me bless you. Let me protect you. Let, if he wasn't involved, then she would have been on her own. Next, Mary simply had a man to provide for her. What a blessing. God knew that, that, that Jesus was, well, he wasn't going to need, but, but it would be good for Jesus to have a mother and a father and for them to raise him up. And then also that Jesus would have a protector, that, that, that Joseph would guard the house. Joseph would lead the house. And so these are some things, just some insight when you look in why the virgin birth. It's, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to dig deeper because the deeper we go, the more revelation we experience. And so these are just some, some side note thoughts as we talk about the virgin birth. So here we are. Joseph now realizing that there is a call from heaven, that Mary is not just a surrogate for God. <laughs> yeah, like it's real. It's big. God's doing something special in this moment. And he gets to be involved. The angel didn't have to tell him, but the angel t told him. And so from here, after the angel speaks, Joseph realizes this before it was even written, that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And so when we read our Bibles and we understand the purposes of God, I'm not talking about your personal purpose. I'm talking about the purpose of God and his scriptures and what he's calling us into, the redemptive plan of humanity. When we look at that, we hear something, and when we hear it from the Lord, we know that there's a trigger. And that trigger allows us to live with more purpose and to love God with all our hearts. Joseph heard the call, and he responded well. Now, in responding well, the baby became the blessing. The baby became the blessing. The very thing 
that broke Joseph's world and broke it up into many pieces. The very thing that made his heart drop when hearing the news. The very thing that led him to feel like, this is a situation that I need help. I'm going to run. I don't want to do it. I'm hiding. I'm going to send her away. The very problem that it looked like in his life became the blessing for not just him, but all humanity. So I want to ask you and myself this question today. What situations and problems are we in? And are we hoping for God to show up? Are we looking to find him? And in the midst of that, what's God going to do? What's God going to do? Right now, you've got a child that's not acting right. Right now, you've got a marriage. You might, you might, you, I don't want you to have this, but you might have a child that's not acting right. You might have a marriage that's not going well. You might have a situation at work that's not favorable. You might not like where you live. You might not like the way your bank statement looks. You might not like the, the situation that you're in right now. You might not like that you're in this building right now. But in the midst of that situation, find Jesus. Find Jesus. Because what he's going to do is, once you see him in the midst of that situation, he's going to do something on the inside of you. And he's going to make you bigger and better because greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. So he's going to make us bigger so that we can endure. And so as we endure, we, we grow to the next level, glory to glory to glory. And that's how the kingdom is advanced. The baby is a blessing. Your baby is a blessing. Your, your baby might be your job. Your baby might be whatever situation you're in. It's your baby, and it's a blessing. God ordained. He didn't make any mistakes. He allowed this thing to happen because if you win this test, if you, if you make it through this test, if you pass this test, God's got something even greater for you on the other side. Joseph and Mary had a plan. They were going to be better than, than, than the royal couple. They were going to be better than Beyonce and Jay-Z. They were going to be better than everybody and they had a little plan on how they were going to do it and and God took that little plan and broke it in half and he said if you follow me if you respond well I'm going to make you the greatest and most popular most famous couple of all time now 2,000 plus years later we've got we've got people at the church coming on a Wednesday night to reenact their life that's a blessing ain't it do you think they had they dreamt that dream one day they're going to have wax figures of us. No, they didn't think that. They didn't think that. One day we're going to be on candles in someone's bathroom. I'm just. <laughs> but in the midst of that, God advanced the kingdom. The ball was pushed down the field. I guess this is a football sermon. The ball was pushed down the field. And, and in the midst of all of that, the couple grew. And here's the, the even cooler part. Well, what could be cooler than Jesus? But, but here's what's even cooler in Joseph's personal life as God continued to work with him. Matthew 2.13, as soon as the, the baby's born, he hears from heaven again. And then from there, God says, go this way because they're killing the firstborn. And so Joseph, I believe, continued to hear from God. But the way he responded to this first test, that marked him, and then he was able to hear better over and over and over and over again. So the more we listen up, the more we hear God on the front end, and then the more we get to hear him, the more we're receptive moving forward. And so this is not, your situation today is just setting you up for tomorrow. And you're going to grow in how you hear God. You're going to grow in how you respond to God. You're going to grow in how you love people. Come on now, Joseph had the son of God in his house. You know he had to hear from God. Is this a moment of discipline or should I fall on my face and worship? 
How many times do you think Joseph, let's make it human, like let's humanize this. How many times did Joseph say, okay, hold on, because every time he does anything, I'm getting tested. <laughs> He's not getting tested. I'm getting tested. I need to grow. It's hard raising God in your house. <laughs> I don't know what that'd be like. Let's just keep it real, right? Joseph had a lot of pressure. Some of us have pressure by our in-laws. Some of us have pressure by our parents. Some of us have pressure by blogs and with, the, with the, the parents that are dropping off their kids at school. There's no other pressure than the Holy Spirit hovering over your house and saying, do well with my son. The clouds opened up for him. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. You want me to follow that? God help me. That's probably where it came from. Joseph probably originated. God help me. Oh, man. Okay, let's wrap this up. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, I've learned from Pastor June, who is the pastor of our amazing Korean congregation. After you preach, the people want to know what do they do next. And so I'm going to give you this application. There you go, application, all right? So three applications. Number one, lead with love. Lead with love, not just in the holiday season, okay? Lead with love because if Joseph hadn't led with true unconditional love for both God and for his bride, then he wouldn't have been able to hear and receive what God was doing. He wouldn't have been able to look for God. So hear with lo lead with love with that child, with that family member, with that person, that coworker, that boss. Lead with love. When you lead with love, number two, you can listen for God. See, because it's hard to hear God over anger. It's hard to hear God over pride. It's hard to hear God over greed. And so if I lead with love, then I can listen for God. And when you hear God, remember this. Leave room for his plan. Leave room for his plan. He's going to bless you. He's got a plan that's greater than, you, greater, greater than you, what you could ever imagine. But just make sure you leave some room because, because even in that plan that you think is in alignment with, the, with God and, and is right, God still got something else because we cannot dream bigger than God. Amen? And so find God in every situation that, we uh, that you find yourself in, that I find myself in, so that moving forward, we can move forward. Amen? Let's pray.